Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Experience the unconventional. Hello? The un- Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go, and a short time. Here we go. Here we go. And I wish I could play the banjo like that. I mean, geez. It's just too good, isn't it? It's just too good. I, uh, one holiday, when I, when I go away and I, I take like an iPod with me, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get kind of fixated by a group or by a by a sound or something. And, and one holiday, I was just listening to a lot of banjo music. I don't know why. And uh, I thought, I'm going to buy myself a banjo. I'm going to buy myself a banjo and I'm going to master it and I'm going to be cool and I'm going to be a banjo player. And so I ordered a banjo while I was away so it would be ready for me when I got home, a really nice one. And I borrowed a book off of a friend and I tried it once and went... Ugh. Yeah, I'm never touching that again. And I've never touched it. It was a really expensive. It's like 200 quid, this banjo. Is that expensive for a banjo? I don't know. 03-44-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You're very, very welcome uh, to do that. I am uh, thrilled to say that on the line now, we should have uh, one of the best comedians working at the moment. It's Robin Ince. Hey, man, how you doing? Do you know what? It was an absolute joy because I'm currently listening to your show actually over the phone. Yeah. It was as if I t- dialed into Dialer Disc in 1978, <laughs> Banjo Week Dialer Disc, and hearing that just in one ear, uh, a huge Proustian rush of nostalgia. My favourite banjo album is. Uh, have you ever listened to the Steve Martin Brothers? Uh, no, uh, no, I haven't. But th- that's it's- Steve Martin, the comedian, right? Yeah, it's one side yeah. is, is kind of the remnants of his stand-up that obviously hadn't been released before, and the other side is just all proper banjo playing, him playing the banjo. It's absolutely fantastic. Have you seen that delightful special on Netflix with Steve Martin and Martin Short? I haven't seen it all yet. Oh. I've watched the first 20 minutes yet. Oh, I, 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 I loved it. I'm a big fan of Martin Short. I, I think, he, you know, he only made a few movies, really. I think, I think he's a great... And his autobiography is incredible as well. 
Oh, I've not read that. Mate, I'm, I'm, I've got it somewhere. I'm lending it to you. How's everything going, Robin? You all right? V- very good. Very good, yes. I was, I was also remembering that beautiful moment in the Billy Connolly documentary uh, that went out over Christmas where uh, he is given a fretless banjo. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, things going very well. Yeah, I'm just, I've just got back from... I've been touring with, with Brian Cox around the uh, world for the last two and a half months, <laughs> uh, doing my sentence. normal job, as you know, of, of interrupting him when the audience no longer comprehend what's coming out of his mouth. Um, I don't know if I always get there in time, but there is, uh, it, it's a strange sensation to, to interrupt someone who is so lauded and yeah. people are delighted to be there, but you can still see they go, do you know what, we don't know if we really want this old man interrupting us, but at least it gives us a chance to try and comprehend what we've heard over the previous 45 minutes about wave-particle duality. Is he... Because my mum's got a real crush on um, uh, the good professor. Is he as nice as he seems? Or it, it, Please tell me that he's just like a really mean, dark arsehole when he's off stage. Is he? Oh, he's, he's, he's this mean, yes. wretched man who you just yes. see combing his wigs on various <laughs> different unpleasant <laughs> mannequins, all with the face of Magnus Pike on them. Um, <laughs> it, it's the... Uh, do you know what? We've talked so much in the last two years yeah. and we've only ever had two proper arguments, which is ridiculous. And oh. both times they've been about equations. <laughs> uh, and that, that, yes. that, that sums up where, you know, there was one time where we were talking about simulation theory, because that's what happens on the tour bus, yeah. obviously. And, uh, oh, we did not get on over that one. That was that was a stand-up row about simulation theory. Wow. I, how did you two get paired together? Because obviously you do the Infinite Monkey Cage on uh, Radio 4. You've done, like, is it ten seasons? Seasons, excuse me, I do apologise. Series. <laughs> series. Well, we've, we've, yeah, we've, well, I think we've now done about 117 episodes. Flipping And uh, the most exciting one is we're, we're doing an Apollo 11 one, uh, which will go out, uh, I think, probably on the anniversary of, of, of uh, Neil Armstrong standing on the moon. Wow. And so, yeah, again, it gives me a chance to meet astronauts. And I'll tell you what, I might be 50 years old, but my excitement of... Uh, shaking hands with astronauts oh, has never subsided. When I got a little bit of attention on me after doing The Jungle, I went on um, one of those Sunday morning cookery programmes with, with Tim Lovejoy. They were all hosted by Tim Lovejoy. And it was lovely, you know, it was really nice people. But there was an astronaut on there, a woman who had actually been in space and had been um, in the space station. And I suddenly, Robin, became a 12-year-old boy around her and I just kept giggling and shaking her hand and holding it a little bit too long. You know, it, 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 there's something <laughs> magical about people who've been in space, isn't there? It, it is something also about these people who have actually looked back on the planet Earth yeah, kind of yeah. properly, you know. And and it does seem to give so many of them a totally... I mean, someone like Chris Hadfield, who is who's a magnificent uh, explainer of what it is to go into space and what it means to go into space. And he was, you know, perhaps most famous for, for uh, doing Space Oddity. On his final mission on the ISS, there was a thing that made him very famous, which is he sings Space Oddity. And as he says, uh, planet Earth is blue, you can actually see out the back window and go, oh, yeah, Planet Earth <laughs> is just behind him. But, yeah, I, I, I think there is, when you shake hands with someone who you know that hand has sometimes had to hold on to the side mm. of something travelling around space and think, I better not let go now. This is the worst time to let go. Mm. Um, I, I asked and then I, I kind of interrupted my own question. How, how did you and Brian Cox uh, get, get together? Were you friends? Did you? I, did... I made him. I, I, yes. I originally made him in a laboratory, wow. and uh, he's not a real boy. A lot of people know this. He's kind of, you know, Pinocchio, as imagined by Philip K. Dick. Um, no, I, we, we first met about 15 years ago. Um, 
And then I did a pilot with him, a, a, a BBC radio pilot. I was only a, a very minor part in it. It was uh, two other scientists were the main kind of things. That, and that pilot fortunately didn't work. And someone kind of went, why don't you two do a thing? And our brilliant producer, Sash, um, kind of between the three of us, we came up with Infinite Monkey Cage. Wow. It's, I, I think I told you this last time you were on when you, you uh, were talking about the book. Um, Catherine has just joined us, by the way. Ro Cat Robin's on the line. Catherine. I know who he is. Hello, Hello. Robin. Um, I, I was quite late to the Infinite Monkey Cage. I only discovered it sort of a couple of years ago, and it's just one of those things. It was it was always mentioned, and I, and I listened to Radio Four a lot, but I just never got around to hearing it. And then when I heard it, it's just it's just wonderful. The the, the mix of guests you get on there, the science, the uh, the rudeness that you you know that you display towards each other, but it's obviously filled <laughs> with affection. It's such a good show, man. We have. So, I mean, I, I think it's just. It, I'm, I'm really glad you like it. It's, it's that thing that we genuinely have an enormous amount of fun doing it, and the tremendous. I mean, my favourite ones are always the ones. If we do one that's specifically about certain areas of physics, then Brian often has quite a kind of you know reasonably deep understanding of that. Really, the moment we go into an area that he doesn't know very well, just his excitement. You know, he hasn't. He doesn't pretend. You know, when you see him on those famous shots where he's you know standing at the side of a you know Amazonian rainforest while monarch butterflies you know fly through his ears in mind um that that smile is a smile that isn't just for television he really no. the excitement of going explain that again so i didn't realize so you're telling me that photosynthesis that actually does involve quantum behavior you know at that point his his excitement is is, is very real and i love the argument so i remember once doing one where we had um two people who were involved in space exploration and um they started to have a, a, a proper row about where we most most likely to find life in the solar system beyond wow. the planet Earth, and you know it, it was one's going with a with a moon of, of Jupiter, the other one is going with a cave of Mars, and there was a point where Joe Brand just had to go, hey, you know, calm down, everyone, it's all right. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> but I love those kind of rows because it, it also shows the intensity and the intense feeling that because I think there's still a kind of cliche about that scientists. Hello, I'm a scientist. I've been counting things now for a very long time, and I've just finished counting them, and we've come up with a theory. There's a kind mm. of cold detachment, and and of course, you know, pretty much every one of the ones that I've worked with, they have so filled with 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 joy and 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 kind of doubt you know kind of excited doubt about what the universe is yeah. trying to reduce that doubt but realizing that every time you reduce that doubt uh, or appear to then you throw up something where you go oh that means we don't know about that because we've got that answer which is great it's really good that the large hadron collider has come up with that answer for us but that's now made these extra hundred questions experience the unconventional hello the unpredictable don't you think that's a bit weird and the completely unorthodox it was my birthday with rule free ian lee uh, i was just trying to generate a bit of content the late night alternative with ian lee hate alarm clock hate going to work on talk radio Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Dolly Parton, I listen to a record that they love. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nutjob, but not that kind of nutjob. On talk radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh no! I have a theory, Robin, and really I should be discussing this with the professor, but I would like to... You, you, some of his, his intelligence has rubbed off. You're a bright guy anyway, but some of his science has rubbed off on you. My theory is this, and this is genuinely my theory that needs a little honing, but I think that, like, let's say millions of years ago, um, we humans lived on Mars, and then for some reason, maybe there was either a war or there was a natural disaster 
Mars became uninhabitable and we had to escape to Earth. And only... Catherine is pulling a face there, which I find actually disrespectful. Well, mm. Let me finish it, please. Did you mention, like, the toasters and that, you, the microwaves on Mars? <laughs> we're not going to mention that bit. No, I but let's, so. Why don't we wait and see what Robin says okay. before we I argue? I think I know what he's going to say. Yeah, I do. On. I think I know him a little bit better than you, and he, he's got an open <laughs> mind. I think... I genuinely think... That, but, let's both call oh. him and see who he comes to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we, we moved from Mars a few million years ago or thereabouts because there was a disaster that meant it was uninhabitable and that at some point on Mars, all right, I'm going to say at some point, one of the explorations, they may have already done it. They'll like be digging around in their little buggy and NASA will have a live feed. We go, we think we found something. And then the moon buggy will pull up a, a like a TV remote control or something. What do you think about that, Mr Ince? Now, there's two things. First of all, when you say a little bit of honing, what you mean is any form of evidence whatsoever. Oh, no evidence! Language. But I suppose the second thing is what that really says is we both are of a generation that were brought up on Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds <laughs> and the books of Eric von Daniken. Yes. And the damage they may well have done to us could be very, very deep. I mean, I still love looking back. I've got an enormous collection of, you know, books about how Mars was, was colonised, how the Mayan temples were built by some kind of aliens, all of that stuff. I, I, I still get quite a thrill, you know, there's one which is all about an alien germ warfare attack which happened six million years ago on the planet okay. Earth and led to some change in evolution. Um, they're all delightful in their own way unless you start believing them and then they may well lead to eventually some, you know, okay. flat Earth complex as well. Okay. So you're not... He's so not I think it's a lovely... I mean, it's lovely. I think it's going to be a, a, a super book, but I would definitely put it in the fiction section when you first marked okay. it. Well, okay. but he said... So he came he, to me. He, he sniffed me. you, but he came to me. He said he was about to say a lovely idea. That's all I need on the poster. <laughs> that's that's all, all I need. Now, Robin, but you I are... think that's part of the fun, actually. One of the, this is one of the reasons I love also... One of my favourite guests to have on, on Monkey Cage and someone I've, I've done various kind of weird live shows with as well, Alan Moore, oh, yeah. uh, you know, great writer of... of Watchmen from hell is what I delight about it is he has tremendous scientific rigor and then things which we can be uncertain about things that we don't have enough evidence for you can be really really playful as long as you don't start to be you know if, if you go I'm just playing and whether you, you know if you just want to play, I mean I, I think you're really gonna have to play very hard with your um, the escape from Mars <laughs> OK, OK, well, I, let, well, let me... You wait, let me get the evidence, Robin, then we'll get you back on the show and then we'll see. Now, tell me, you're doing shows... You, you've got a tour, you've got a, 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 a 10 days, 11 days in Edinburgh, but next week... Oh, no, I'm not in Edinburgh at all. Are you I, not in Edinburgh? This, this, oh, I'm looking at an old this, date. I'm really sorry, that's last year. I'm so sorry. This, this year, but it's all right, we live in a block universe. We may yeah. well... Actually, we can't get back there. Brian explained light cones to me. Uh -oh. oh, man. It's, do you know what? There is a genuine, genuine sense of disappointment in the show that we're doing at the moment where when he reveals you can't go back in time but you can you know you can always travel forward but that you can see people going oh man I've spent 30 years on that time machine if I'd come to this lecture just a little bit earlier I could have left that shed a long time ago but it's um yeah so I'm doing a, I'm doing a week-long run at the Soho theatre next week the show called Chaos of Delight now which what was, is that well the idea was I decided that everyone seemed to be so morose and misanthropic and kind of fearful of everything that's happening in the world that I would do um, a, a solo show which was 
desperately fighting for seeing the delight in the world. Chaos of delight is a phrase that um, Charles Darwin used when he, he talked when he was travelling through the Brazilian rainforest about all of the lo- uh, life that he saw and such an incredible variety of life. Yeah. And uh, at one point he said, you know, today my mind is a chaos of delight. So it's wow. basically an hour-long show in which, well, sometimes a two-hour-long show. I mean, occasionally it's a three-hour-long show, but um, in, in which I kind of just say, look, th- you're getting hung up on too many negative things, that there are great things in the world. And it's, a, it's basically I do it to convince myself because I find it very easy that, you know, I was the kid who hung around graveyards and, you know, I, I did have an enormous number of, of Morrissey records, which uh, I, I don't, yeah, they don't come out as much as they used to, but it gives me so much more time to listen to uh, idols instead. Um, idols and Nick Cave and Savages. So it's, it's made up. That, that's why I think about those things. You know, when one of your heroes or someone that you love their work, yeah. you go, oh, do you know what? They've just gone in a direction so far right. that I now find it hard to listen to them. I don't see that as a negative thing. I think, you know what? I did a lot of listening to that stuff. It now frees up space to listen to something else. Yeah. Um, it's funny you, you say that the, the, you explain the, the idea of the show because that's kind of what this show is, that me and Kath, why we call it the late night oh, alternative. Oh, I totally it off. Oh, no, good for you. But I, no, what but... I did was I used my time machine when I lived on Mars. And <laughs> right, uh, I used my time telescope. No, 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 no. I'm in defence of you there. No, but, but this is the thing, because all the other... You, you flick through the radio dial and listen to any speech radio. It's all going to be Brexit. It's all going to be uh, um, anti-Semitism. It's all going to be Boris. You know, it's going. you know what you're going to get. And it's designed to create fear and to create division and to create hatred and to generate exciting phone calls of people. Um, arguing. So we decided, I mean, Catherine kind of had the conscious desire to make a show that was positive and that celebrated art and celebrated life. And if we'd seen a, you know, a good niche film that nobody else had seen, we'd get the guy that made it on. And, and you know, we kind of talk openly and honestly about that. I have to say, while I'm very proud of this show and while I think it's the best thing that, that I certainly have ever done, no buggers listening, Robin. We go, we've got, you know, we've got Julia Hartley Brewer doing the breakfast show and she's banging on all her right-wing nonsense and, and, and applauding Anne Widdicombe and stuff and it's getting huge figures. This, this, this little show here at night is, uh, is, is kind of a delightful cult that, that I think maybe about 25 people, last count, Catherine, right. are, are tuning into. It, it would be... It's you so... know what? I wish you'd told me that earlier because I'd gone to bed at 10. <laughs> it's been a terrible waste of my time. No, it's not... I, I, I think oh. you're right. I, I mean, I do think it's... It, it, for some reason, it, it, it's, a, it's as if all human beings have the same trait that initially I, I thought was a performer's trait, which is when the internet first became, you know, in everyone's home, that vanity search that people yeah. do where they, they look for their name and they go down. And if you're a comic or whatever, you, you're going down. And, uh, oh, that's positive. That's positive. You won't stop until, you know, it might take a hundred searches. It might only take two. It just depends on, you know, whatever. But a yeah. hundred, and, and then you find the one where someone goes, worst show I've ever seen. And, and you go, oh, the relief. I'm rubbish. Yeah. And the world is awful. I'm loathed. And I, and I think we've become so yeah. attached. That, and I think it's, it's, it's very specific. It's, well, it's quite specific, I think, to um, our culture in particular. Which, which this kind of this bitterness that we mm. see, this, this relentless bitterness, this this frequent fear that someone might not be as unhappy as you. So how can we make them as unhappy? All of that stuff. And and I, I think the older I've got, the the more I'm desperately trying to to, to fight against that. And, and why I try sometimes to take a little bit of a back step from things like social media. But it's and it's, a, it's addictive, isn't it? You, with all you know, I don't know about you personally, but with me, with all the the greatest will in the world, I I, I find myself getting sucked into Twitter arguments and calling people dickhead. You know, it's very, very, it, it's very Moorish to 
get involved in the dark side of stuff. And, and Twitter in particular, I think, is, 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 is possibly the, the worst place for it and digital spy. But um, it is easy to get... So, so how, do you, how do you make this show? How do you do a show, then, that is, uh, that is celebratory? Well, with this one is, is I've, I've filled it now with, with all the things that brought me joy from, from a very early age and all the way through to the kind of, uh, to, to, to the present, uh, present time, with a few little kind of deviations also in, in you know, why, why you don't need to be, you know, angry at vegans. You know, what, if, if you're going to be, you know, use your anger well. If you want to be frustrated by things, uh, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're an atheist, there was a lovely moment on, on Monkey Cage a while ago where what, one thing that I found interesting as someone who is kind of you know, an atheist, whatever, is, is years ago, I think there was a point where everyone was like, kind of, he was an atheist, like, hey, you're an atheist, I'm an atheist, we must have loads in common. Mm. And then over the last 10 years, you've kind of gone, oh, no. Oh, no, it turns out you might not believe in a God, but you, you still might have nothing in common. And there was this... That, it's, so I, I tell this story of there was a point on Monkey Cage where we had Neil deGrasse Tyson and we had Victor Stock, the former dean of Guildford Cathedral, yeah. wonderful human being. And uh, at one point, we, we had Clerical Corner. It was for our 100th show. And we had Richard Coles there as well. And Brian went, let's go over to Clerical Corner. And Neil deGrasse Tyson went, do they have a physics corner in all of their <laughs> churches? And then Victor just came back and went, well, in Westminster Abbey, where, of course, we've got uh, Charles Darwin, Isaac Newton and Stephen Hawking. One of the things that we do is... And it was just this... It was this beautiful moment because Neil, I think, is, is approaching it in this kind of, you know, in, in America where there's so much kind of, you know, the, the, the dogmatic and highly funded, you know... F- far-right evangelicals and really and Victor was kind of like we, we don't really need to have this argument do we mm. you know there's a lot of common ground and and so a lot of the show is also about trying to find you know that thing where we have a lot more in common than the, very often that, that than you know we have different from each other you know our, our, our if you if you peel away the supposedly strong-held opinions that people have and you actually find out what they care about mm. A lot of us have have a lot in common, and, and we're kind of. But at the moment, it's become very, very binary. So it's it, you know, I, I basically I start with there's various stories about Peter Cushing. Some nights I do scenario uh, that Christopher Lee did in the film The Return of Captain Invincible, but that mm. doesn't happen every night. It just depends if the mood takes me. Yeah, yeah. I would do a little bit of it for you now, but uh, I'm at Dad's house and he's gone to bed, so I can't <laughs> do that. Um, and uh, and and then it just goes through different things that I've I've loved kind of musically and things about um, astronomy and uh, and and science and Nick Cave and all of those other things that bring me joy. Um, so that's the Soho Theatre, the 8th to the 13th. I love the Soho Theatre. I was there at the week... Was it this weekend or the weekend? It was this weekend, I think, to see um, Neil Hamburger. Uh, I, I, oh, I wanted to see that oh, show. That man. sounded great. It was, it was great. I'm such, I'm such a big fan. It was great. But so you're there the 8th to the 13th. I've just tweeted yeah. the RobinInst.com uh, links. To, so to, go to that. You. But then you're doing a tour. You're going all over the place. With, this, with the same show or you're doing, it, are you it, doing different it, things? I'm, I'm doing about, um, I think, 12 more of... Uh, of, of the Chaos of Delight show, which does change every single night. And yeah. it's, uh, I, I, I can't remember where I'm going, I'm in Corsham and Glasgow and uh, Edinburgh and Cardiff and uh, Penzance and various other places. I've just basically made it sound like my agent has no idea about geography. Where are you doing? I'm doing uh, Glasgow and Penzance. That's, that's, that's the, the two places. Um, and uh, and then I'm also back on tour with Brian Cox oh, as well. I love we're this. Doing the U- 
I'm, scro- I'm scrolling down your live page and it's got all these lovely, you know, these lovely theatres and art centres and stuff. Then it says September, October, November. Uh, September, October. Brian Cox Live with Robin Ince. Arena tour. Is that brilliant, man? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I, I will be playing the Acorn in Penzance and also the O2. Uh, <laughs> it's just insane. Hey, did you? I mean, uh, Go on. No, I, I do. You know, I, I never forget the fact that I know that I'm a very niche comic, and what I do is very niche, and it's you know not everyone's cup of tea, and, and you know, and so I do. I find it quite remarkable that when when you kind of go on at somewhere like Wembley Arena, yeah. um, or you know Manchester, wherever, and and you just think, wow, I've, you know, I've, I've been doing the show with Brian. Where not only am I allowed to do stand up and mucking around, but I, I'm allowed to do a poem as well. You know, <laughs> it, actually, almost the end of the show is me um, doing a, a very kind of personal poem, which is, and, and I think get how weird that is yeah. until we have a break from the tour and then I go what an odd thing yeah. I bet there's some people who are just sitting there going I don't think we paid for poetry <laughs> this is, this is two more right. quick things I'm going to let you go because I'm going to do one question and Ray has been waiting Ray's got a question for you it's like Saturday Superstore but very quickly mm-hmm. I, did you hear today that Brendan Burns has quit stand up yeah, yeah, he said. I mean, I remember saying I was going to quit stand up. Do you know what? It's a dangerous thing to say that you're going to quit stand up if you've been doing it this long yeah. and if you know this. I mean, I hope whatever Brendan does. I've I've known him since he began. Pretty much, we we probably started around the same time. Yeah. And and I hope that he he's got a plan to, that that will you know make him happy. I certainly know in the last few years he's found ways of, of making stand up a lot more kind of joyous for him. Good. But, yeah. Um, Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be interested. I just I just wondered what you thought. Let's bring Ray in very quickly. Ray, you want to speak to Robin? Hi, good evening, Robin. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, I, I I don't know if this is going to make you cringe or not, but um, one of my best friends, while I was his best man at his wedding, um, is a ginger-haired lad called Tim, and uh, he used to take the money when you were comparing at the Mitre uh, in Hampton Court. Ham- Hampton Court, and he looks like Richard <laughs> Branson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw him tonight, but... Um, he told me, he said, you've got to come along. And I, I saw you many, many weeks because you were comparing there for quite a while. Yeah. And, and I, you told him, you said, you, you can't miss this 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 guy that's going to be on this Sunday. And he passed on to me. And he was a guy from the West Country. And I came along and I laughed for 20 minutes. Jeffrey, it's Steve Merchant. Yeah. Do you know what? Hey. What one of my favourite things. I'm very fond of that night because uh, my mate Michael Leg was down that night as well, and we were just Steve Merchant's stand-up routine is still one of I think the most joyous things. He, yeah. I, I think he's, yeah. and, I, and I love his film Fighting with My Family as well. I think I thought that was a great movie, um, but. It, we were watching him and half the audience didn't get it because it was a brilliant piece oh. about he goes on as this tremendously arrogant stand-up. All right, everyone. Yeah, uh, my name's Steve Merchant, probably, probably one of the best, uh, com- well, the best comedian. Actually, I'm getting paid a little bit more than everyone else here tonight. Don't tell them that. And he would do all this stuff, high status, and then it would start to fall apart. And by the end, he, he was kind of nothing. And that was, a, it, was be- it was like a 20-minute play. And Harfield, as you could see, just going... And then I looked at the other comedian who was on, and he didn't get it either. Oh. And at that point, I just fell through a door. And I remember falling very hard, because it was just the most joyous moment to think, this is both brilliant comedy and yeah. art as well, because yeah. there's people going, I don't get it. Brilliant. Right, there you go. Thank you, Robin. It's at Robin Ince on Twitter, R-O-B-I-N-I-N-C-E. Uh, Robinince.com has got all the live dates, but ne- the ones you need to know immediately next week at the Soho Theatre, uh, it's, it's a great venue. It's a brilliant act, a brilliant turn. I think we could call you that without being offensive. Um, yeah, Robin, I'm a turn. He's a turn. Robin, it's always nice to talk to you, man. You're welcome any time. Best of luck. Yeah, I'd love to come into the studio. So well, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. that I didn't, didn't tonight, so, well, so let's do that. Whenever you, whenever you feel like it, come in. You'd be very welcome.
I would love to. Cheers, man. See thank you later. You very on. Much, thank you very much. Love there it. you Bye. go. Uh, oh three four. Thank you, Ray. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This dear listener is Talk Radio. This is Talk Radio. 